Blog Talk Radio. Hello, Murphy Town. This is Matt Knightley, sponsored by FederalBaseball.com. This is Patrick Reddington from Federal Baseball. I've got Dave Nichols and Doghouse from Federal Baseball on the line after the Nationals nail-biter of a 4-3 win over the Philadelphia Phillies. Jonathan Papelbon made it interesting in the ninth, but we'll get to that soon enough. Big story of the night. No, it's not the bruise on Bryce Harper's knee or the contusion, as they're calling it, that kept him out of the game late. We'll get to that as well. The big story of the night, Daniel Murphy, double in a home run in his first two at-bats, 25 multi-hit games in his first 50 games as a national, Dave. Already set a Nats record for hits in a month, 2005 through present, that is. Uh, it's going to stop sometime, right? I have it written in my notes, but it's not going to stop tonight. Uh, his third hit of the night is a two-out, two-run single in the eighth inning. Breaks up a 2-2 tie, puts the Nationals up 4-2, to two, and when that ends up a 3-2 game when Papawan makes it interesting. But Daniel Murphy just keeps hitting three for four tonight, 395 average on the year. This is sort of getting ridiculous, but I'm enjoying every minute of it. 15th double of the night and ends up with the game-winning hit, Dave. Well, it's completely ridiculous because, um, you know, he just he keeps hitting light drives. When he doesn't hit line drives, they fall in. Uh, even when he hits foul balls, uh, they're ripped for home runs that, that just <laughs> miss being a home run by, by a matter of feet or whatever. Um, I really think this guy is going to hit 400 or statistically close to it um, as possible with, without still, you know, while still being meaningful. Um, he just he just keeps getting it done, and it's remarkable. Um, it, it's remarkable in his consistency. I mean, every night uh, it's another couple of hits. He gets on base. Um, his defense has been passable, um, which which is about as nice as I'm going to say about his defense. Um, but you know, it, it's surprising the Nets haven't had to put him on the disabled list with a sore back from having to carry this offense for so long this season. It's just, um, it just, he, he, and he's fun to watch play. I mean, he never met a pitch he didn't want to swing at. And while I generally disdain from uh, the free swingers, uh, he's the type of guy. And um, and in history, there have been those types of guys that just make contact regardless of where it's pitched, and he's one of those guys. Doug Hass, there's a little build-up to that big hit as well. Uh, Hector Neeris on the mound for the Phillies, who had 11 and a third scoreless innings going by their bullpen before the eighth inning. The issues walks Danny Espinosa and Ben Revere. Nice at-bats there. Jason Worth, a two-out single to the left to tie it up at two. Heisey uh, walks after that. And just some patient at-bats there in a key situation. They get the uh, Daniel Murphy up there, and as I mentioned, his third hit of the night, the line drive to right, two-run single there, 4-2 to two at that point. Just a really nice uh, string of at-bats there by the Nationals, taking what was given them, taking the three walks, Jason Worth with a big single, and Daniel Murphy with the two-run that put him ahead. Yeah, it was an example of everything I had been wailing and gnashing my teeth about the Nats not doing for the seven innings prior to that. You know, Hellickson for all that Ray Knight loves to rave about his changeup, is basically a league average pitcher. Uh, if he's in the zone, you're going to make some solid contact. And we saw a lot of solid contact that got Babbitt into outs uh, a little earlier in the game. But what you need to do, patient at bats, make him come into the zone. He, he gets a lot of people trying to chase, which I, I think Anthony Rendon struck out all eight of the eight strikeouts that he got there in spite of only having four ABs. Just uh, as an example of that. But when the Nats finally calmed down and got patient with, granted, a completely different pitcher, they got great results. 
and, and I think not least of which we have to add was aided by the incredible whammy that the guys in the bullpen were putting on him. I don't know uh, which broadcast you were watching, but on the, on the Nats feed, they kept cutting away to them, like, you know, like waving their fingers and like moving their arms around. I don't know what they were doing out there, but they were, they were utilizing the dark forces of the jinx gods, I think for excellent retribution of, of, on stuff that we're going to talk about a little later uh, in the show, I imagine. And it worked. And I'd just like to hey, remind uh, everyone again, I was against the Murphy signing. <laughs> Dave, you mentioned Jeremy Ellickson there, 4-3, and 3970 RA, 390, 396 FIP, 2.22 walks per nine, 9.05 K per nine, 256, 303, 466 line against, and 56 and two-thirds before tonight. Gave up seven hits, six runs, and three innings pitched in Citizens Bank on uh, April 15th when he faced the Nationals. Seven scoreless when he faced them two weeks later in D.C. Three and two-thirds scoreless before Murphy, Murphy hit a 0-1 fastball out the right field for the home run that he had tonight. Uh, one-to-one at that point. That was the only run he gave up. He left the game with the Phillies ahead two-to-one. Seven innings, three hits, one run, eight Ks. Why is he so difficult for the Nationals? Uh, these, you know, average-throwing right-handers seem to cause him a lot of problems over the years. Well, hashtag narrative. Um, the Nationals just can't hit soft tossing writing. Um, this is, you know, we've had to listen to this since, since the, the team moved down here in 2005. Um, this team can't hit left-handers. It can't hit guys with big arms. It hit, can't hit soft-tossing righties. It can't hit um, closers that throw under a hit between their legs. Um, you know, Hellickson stinks. Okay, he's not very good. Um, he was a he was a, a pretty highly touted prospect at one point. Um, but just never really went anywhere. It's like Doug said, he's a league average pitcher at best. Um, the, the Nats just, you know, they're a free-swinging ball club. They they swing a lot, and, and I guess the guy that's got a decent changeup and Alex has got a decent changeup, um, you're going to find yourself uh, having trouble. I mean, this is the only ball club that that, that Hellickson is going to generate uh, more strikeouts than innings pitched against, um, and he continues to do it. And, um, you know, un- until – um, you know, until the Nets decide to lay off the changeup um, and sit on his very mediocre fastball, that, that, that there's nothing else they're going to do about it. The, the, this Nets team tried to lose this game as many ways as possible tonight, <laughs> but just the, the absolute sheer uh, talent dis, uh, um, disposition of talent between the two clubs was able to, to win out in the end. I guess speaking of trying to lose the game, Jonathan Papelbon, one of his two saves, uh, blown saves already this year was against the Phillies here earlier this season. Comes on in the ninth, 4-2 lead, promptly gives up a double uh, to left by Mikhail Franco. Ryan Howard doubles to right to bring uh, to left again. I'm sorry to bring Franco in, 4-3 at that point. Then Papelbon apparently gets serious, strikes out Tommy Joseph. Uh, really poor at bat by Tommy Joseph there. Uh, Thought maybe the Phillies would try to bunt the runner over from second. With uh, they had a pinch runner on for Howard, a one-run game. That's the one time it might be acceptable to do that. But they let Joseph swing away. He goes down swinging on the 0-2 slider. Cesar Hernandez chases a 2-2 fastball outside of the zone. Uh, Tyler Goodell comes up next, lines out to Daniel Murphy. Papelbon gets the save, but definitely makes us sweat it out before then. Some hard, hard three hard-hit balls in the inning. One of them luckily went to one of the Nationals defenders. Yeah, Papelbon really has no business at all pitching in, in that, those sort of game situations. I'm fine with him pitching the ninth against a weak part of the order, 
you know, when, when the, the lead is like three runs, that, that's great. But a two-run game facing Michael Franco and even the desiccated shell of Ryan Howard, uh, <laughs> he, he should not be up there anymore. Um, I, I will give him, the, give him credit that he still has his nerve and his guile, which is good because he doesn't have any life on his fastball and he, he doesn't have the command that he used to. Um, this is a guy who is not a major league closer anymore in terms of his talent. And we've talked about this uh, any number of times so far this season, and I'm sure we'll talk about it again until he's not closing games anymore. Uh, He's, he's willing to get up there and throw the pitches and go after people. And he's going to give up a lot of contacts just like he did tonight against less experienced hitters. He'll get some of them to chase. Certainly Tommy Joseph was an example of, uh, an area where he can take advantage of someone. But uh, that, that booming double to Howard was as bad as anything that we ever saw a Nats closer do when Howard was actually good. So <laughs> it, I, I'm glad he got the result. I, I hope I don't have to watch him try to do this again ever. As I joked with the uh, SB Nation silly site last year when we did a trade to comedy routines, I said, I'm not saying it. Ryan Howard's over the hill, but I'm standing at the bottom of the hill, and he walked over it, and I can no longer see him. Dave, any thoughts <laughs> on Papelbon before we move on to Bryce Harper? Uh, I have no comment on the situation with with Papelbon. I mean, we we we've talked about this ad nauseum here. Um, just and there's something they can do about it. Jonathan Papelman is the closer of this team for the rest of the season, and dummies like me um, are just going to have to live with the fact that, that he's untradeable, they don't want to trade him, um, and we're just going to have to sit here and watch him um, flail about in high-pressure ninth innings all season long and just hope that it doesn't cost a pennant or a playoff series or, God forbid, the World Series. I'd to go back to both of you on this one, but the little lead-in here, Bryce Harper, uh, Six-game home run streak going into tonight's game. Seven home runs in Citizens Bank Park, I should note, over that stretch. A 325 average, 11 home runs in Citizens Bank Park in his career. Not a good night at the plate once again for Bryce Harper, and it ends badly, too. Hit by pitch in the seventh. Uh, <laughs> and Helixson proceeded to throw four pickup off throws over to first after he hit Harper in the knee and put him on base there, which is just poor form by Helixson, but... Uh, you got, I don't know, you got to kind of love when a pitcher does that. It's just a complete jerk move. Uh, Murphy lines the left center in the, in the in the at-bat that follows. Tyler Goodell with a nice play there to get it in the gap and makes a strong throw to first. I don't know if Harper misread it or got deked out or whatever, but didn't get back to first. He was not looking good running back there, didn't slide. Ends up coming out of the game after that. As I mentioned earlier, they're saying it's a right knee contusion doghouse. Uh, that whole series there was just not good for Harper. You first get hit, then get tortured over there with the pickoff throws, and then get yourself doubled up off of first on a line drive to left center that was right in front of him, actually, when he's running over to second base. Yeah, the the Phillies are just kind of lucky that historically the the Nats are are not a team that really believes in uh, in any kind of physical retaliation within the game, which, much as it I find it a little irksome. I, I overall agree with, you know, keep it, keep it within play. You want to get back at someone, beat them. But honestly, 
plunking someone like that right on the knee and then throwing over three times in a row before you throw the next pitch, that is, that's some real jerkedness there. That's, that's some, some jack wagonry uh, to, to a very high degree. Uh, and, you know, honestly, if, if the Nats did, did something like that to a Phillies player, I think we could expect any three or four people to get plunked in the next game. Um, yeah, poor, poor form. Poor form indeed. Not cricket. Dave, what did you see on that uh, double play with Harper? You think it's just a matter of his knee being hurt so he didn't slide back in there? Uh, I, I don't know how he misread that play. You shouldn't get doubled off on a play like that. It was, didn't look like a hit to me off of the bat. Maybe it looked different on the field, but uh, really kind of an ugly play there to get doubled up there and a close game. It, it, Nationals end up winning, but that could have been a costly uh, double play right there. Yeah, it's just not a great play. It didn't look like a base hit. Um, Harper was, was obviously in, in a good deal of, of, of discomfort. And it looked like uh, it looked like Davey Lopes was uh, on the replay. It looked like Davey Lopes was holding his hand up as in telling uh, Harper not to slide back in. So maybe they didn't even expect to throw back in or whatever. But, yeah, that's, that's a, in, in, a, in a one-run ball game at that point, uh, you just can't get doubled off on a, on a line drive to left field. Uh, with the play in front of you, just uh, not uh, not very good uh, uh, situational awareness there on the base pass, but uh, but just to get to Hellickson throwing over to three to- three times there on Harper. Um, my high school football coach had a saying for something like that. He called it bush leg. It's a bush leg move. <laughs> yes, three times in a row, and then a fourth time just to make it a little bit more annoying. Uh, we've gone all this way. A minute left. We're gonna have to skip the prospect talk that I wanted to do because it's getting close to Trey Turner's call update, but we haven't mentioned Tanner Roark on the mound there, doghouse, three and four in 10 games before tonight, 63 innings, 271 ERA, 3-4-3-3.43 walks per nine, 8.29 Ks per nine, 225-309, 3-0-3 line against and seven scoreless, uh, through seven scoreless against the Phillies uh, April 28th, two walks, a stolen base, a wild pitch, and a squeeze bunt by Hellickson in the second for the first run he gave up. One to one in the sixth when he leaves a one-two slider up for Freddie Galvis, who hits a solo home run at the right there. Uh, he ends up getting the win though. Seven innings, four hits, two earned runs, two walks, four Ks. Not particularly sharp tonight. He did, however, generate 13 ground ball outs on the night. Uh, 13 to three ground out to fly out. Improves to four and four with a win on a night where he wasn't necessarily great, but good enough to keep the Nationals in it. Not overpowering, but has enough stuff and decent command, and he manages contact. You look at the seventh inning, uh, his, the last inning that he threw, it is like the platonic form of a Roark outing with two-week comeback, two comebackers and, uh, and a ground out to third. You know, that's, that's what we get out of him. On him, P2C works. Not as well as P2K would work on someone with more stuff, but for uh, someone making pretty much league minimum, this is a fantastic pitcher, and we saw that tonight. Yeah, so 13 grand nets are huge, and Dave will just go a little bit over tonight, even though I'm trying to be keeping it to a uh, tight 15 minutes. But as I mentioned, uh, 6-1 is the guesstimate for the June 1st, I should say, rather than just reading. I have 6-1 written down here. Is the guesstimate people have had for when Trey Turner can come up and the Nationals would guarantee an extra year of uh, control in the future. Uh, they might want to delay that a little bit just so it doesn't look like they're just skirting that line with some <laughs> legal cases pending with people who didn't like teams doing that to them in the past. But a 319 average, 385 OBP going into play today, 866 OPS on the year, 
Uh, he's made a few errors out there. I haven't seen them, so I don't know what kind of plays they are, if it's skip throws that the first baseman isn't catching or if he's just booting him out there. But Danny Espinosa still isn't hitting. He's playing some good defense out there. There's a lot of scuttlebutt and discussion in uh, town about what's going to happen. But you see them bring Trey Turner up as soon as he's available. And what about a roster move, possibly, if they do? Uh, yes, I see them calling him up as soon as he's available. Um, not only is he on-basing 385, he's slugging 481. He's got 11 doubles amongst his 59 hits already this year uh, in AAA. He has, there's nothing for him to benefit by continuing to play at AAA. Uh, he needs to start seeing major league pitching. He's 23 years old. Um, he needs to be playing in the big leagues. His defense is passable. Um, get him up here. Um, as for the, the, the move, um, you know, Stephen Drew isn't playing very much. Um, you know, per, perhaps uh, perhaps they, they send Michael Taylor down to play full-time. Um, I don't think they do that, but it's not outside the realm of possibility. Um, but I think Stephen Drew is probably the most um, the most likely candidate for DFA. Let's see what the Nationals do. That date is fast approaching. Uh, Nats Nightly, sponsored by FederalBaseball.com. Four to three Nationals tonight, two more with the Phillies to come. Tomorrow night, Joe Ross against Aaron Nola in Citizens Bank Park, 7.05 start again. Talk to you guys after that one. 31 and 21 on the year after tonight's win. Two more with the Phillies to come. Go Nats.